Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, Internet. I didn't see you there. Do we have a Venom spoiler review? Has the Avengers 4 wrapped and is Morbius next on the docket for Sony? And most importantly, is this episode 200 of Marvel Movie News? Yes. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's Marvel Movie News. Excelsior to you, our merry Marvelites. This is episode <laughs> 200 of Marvel Movie News. And for me, a very fitting episode because last week, spoiler-free review of Venom was 199 much like the first frame of Venom in issue 299. And now, for episode 200, you get a spoiler-full review, much like issue 300. Full-on Venom. The fates have aligned. The stars are here. And Venom is underappreciated by critics, but beloved by fans, and we're going to talk about that. But first, we are the Marvel Movie News, celebrating episode 200, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us at YouTube at YouTube.com slash Popcorn Talk Network. You can find us through Popcorn Talk's website at PopcornTalkNetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Marvel News PTN or at the Popcorn Talk, and find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Marvel News Show. Follow us, like us. We prefer Twitter, though, and if you retweet a link to the show whilst we are live, Aunt Manthony in the booth will retweet you. What's up, Coy? Good to have you back. I don't know if you noticed, I am Aunt Manthony, but also I think, uh, I think it's coming out. Uh, oh, God. Coy, your, your mic, I think it's buzzing. You gotta fix that or something, man. Oh, God. There you go. Uh. Thank you. You're torturing the live viewers. <laughs> there. Oh, my God, man. Uh, uh, sorry about that. I, I, I'm not only Aunt Manthony, I think I'm Aunt... I'm the, Aunt, 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 Aunt what was my name? Aunt, uh, oh, we came up with the Manthony. Ven, Venthony. Ven- it oh, it's not easy to say. Venthony, you dummy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's Venthony. Aunt Symbiote. <laughs> so this is episode 200 with a star-studded cast. Now, unfortunately, Matt Key and Matt Cook could not make it today. Attempts were made. Matt Cook sends all of his well wishes. He told me to thwip so hard. Matt Cook does, as you may know, network television, and sometimes they shoot on days of the week. So. He is a busy boy. Matt Key was going to join us. <laughs> the sound of network television. Matt Key was going to join us, but he had a, a really cool interview to do, so last minute Matt couldn't make it as well, but Matt sends his best, and Matt is always with us in astral form, so Matt is here. And thanks to Joshua Never Joshua has joined us today, Matt Key has a special friend who will be joining us henceforth and is also bobbly-tastic. Uh, but first, my lovely panel joining me, as always, the ever-wonderful Amy Hey, that's me, Amy. Yes, you guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. Hence, hence. which I enjoy very much. I say it every episode. Yeah. And Marvel's first family, the Jocks. We have a representative of that lovely family today. Darren is an OG Mary Marvelite. I was so excited to get back to 200. Oh, I am so excited to be here. This is my favorite internet show, and to get a chance to be part of the 200 celebration is oh so exciting. So thank you. Well versed. 
first knows his stuff is here and Marquia also couldn't make it because she's in Chi-Town um, it's a very long commute for a show so <laughs> she's in Chicago but joining us on the fan couch on the cosmic couch is Joshua Never Josh Hello. I don't think I've ever known your last name so I've called you by your Twitter handle forever uh, right but that works. So thanks for joining us, yeah. man. Uh, so this is episode 200, but we do have a special guest for you beyond the lovely people in the room. And you may know him by his voice. And that is, of course, the voice of Doom. Doom is here. <laughs> a good 200 to you lowly mortals. Well, hello, Doom. How has Latveria been this time of year? Latveria is very nice, Coy. Thank you for asking. Uh... <laughs> Congratulations to you. You've reached longer than I ever foresaw. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, Doom. Now, did you see Venom by chance? Do they have that in theaters yet, Latveria? You better uh, add. I did. I did. I'll drop the facade for a second. <laughs> <laughs> a person. So Venom's our first story, and while we have you on the airwaves, what did you think, man? Uh, Venom? You know... I, I think as far as they could do without having Spider-Man, they did an okay job, but it just, I, it wasn't really a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kept saying, and we'll get to it, that as a film critic, I judged myself by how much my comic fanness liked it. As a comic fan, I was giddy. As a film, like, I was like, why am I the happiest boy right now? <laughs> I mean, that's... Sure, that's fair. <laughs> as soon as he was in a lobster no, I tank, think, I was in. Oh. I, think I had trouble separating my what I love about Venom from what was on screen because I wanted to see the like the romance angle of Venom, where it's it's the ex boyfriend that uh, Venom and Eddie Brock are going after Peter Parker. I always loved that take on Venom, and we didn't get that in the slightest. Oh, that's certainly fair. Uh, I I definitely was able to go like, oh, it's a comedy. That was unexpected, and laugh a lot, but it's certainly, like, I did the Collider spoiler review, and there are all these, like, film critic types, and I'm like, guys, we're not just, we're just not gonna see eye to eye here. This is just, this is just not gonna happen. I was happy. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, so Good Sir sir Doom, how how else is the world It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, that's a a bar? Hey! (laughs) But... I got Ant-Man and the Wasp on Blu-ray today. So There's that's the all plug. I need to worry about for the next <laughs> year. I definitely saw that coming. It's very it's appropriate and convenient that I get my Venom on 200. You get your Ant-Man drop on Blu-ray on 200. The stars have aligned. Oh yeah. So no, uh, it's it's a good it's a good time to be a Marvel fan. Now, you don't have the same outlet as you always had before. In the last, what, nine months, what is one thing you very much enjoyed that you wished you could have Marvel movie news about with us? Uh, well, I mean, I just said it, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, <laughs> like, if I can rant for a minute. Oh, please. It was, it was perfect. It was exactly <laughs> what I wanted that movie to be. Uh, it, it dealt with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne in, I think, a great way where it always, it acknowledged, like, all of the things that Hank Pym has done wrong, but treated him with like treated him as like a good guy with a prop with like with problems that like that character can always be. Uh, and I, the action was just like, it was great. Like the shrink the way that they dealt with the shrinking of, and growing and like the, the badassness of the wasp that like I've been reading about for years and sh- people are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two ant and uh, flying characters. That's fine. Have fun. Have fun, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but now, credibility. And now I feel like people understand. 
I, and that is the best feeling in the world. The world understands doom. <laughs> <laughs> when Deadpool came out, I was like, see, guys, he's not just a Hot Topic character. Enjoy Deadpool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally agree. See, you understand. I, we've uh, all suffered. Also, and, also, to, and also, in case you guys didn't, didn't vamp about it, uh, Coulson with hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ivan Soto Colson in the live there, chat. That Captain Marvel trailer. It was. Mm, ah. Ivan Soto at the exact same time asked you what you thought of the Captain Marvel trailer, and you did it on your own. What do you think <laughs> of the Captain Marvel trailer? Uh, I think it looks great. Like uh, the the fact that they were they're doing this like this sort of origin story, but like sort of retrofitting it where we're going to even in the 90s be like she's going to be discovering her own origin story is seemingly what they're going for and it's a great way to do that without so you're not like forcing down the hey i discovered that i have powers let's learn how i can use these powers yeah i think we're in so for I a think great it'll be a really interesting like interesting first movie for a character that you have to do an origin for yeah i totally agree and like such a powerful character you can't just like introduce like here's our superman figure it out <laughs> so i i'm really proud of what marvel <laughs> surprise surprise i'm proud of what marvel's doing uh but i think i think it's definitely in for a great ride i think 2019 is gonna be great and as always the door to the studio is open to doom not that he doesn't have the key but it's always open <laughs> uh so anytime you're around man you're always welcome and thank you so much for taking the time and joining us for 200 in Doom-like spirit. Doom wishes you well, and maybe you'll survive to 250. <laughs> if Doom allows it. And as always, Marvel Movie News watchers, Doom demands tweets, so say hi to Doom on the Twitter. He's a lovely man. Doom he just wears a mask. tweets at that Zach Wilson. It's, it's, it's his, uh, an out, his handle, but it's still Doom. <laughs> It's that that Zach Wilson. Alias is her important. Have a great show, guys. Congratulations again. Absolutely. Pleasure, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. I just waved at a phone. (laughs) Uh, So I just waved at someone on the phone, and you guys all saw it. Here we are. You don't want to see me taking business calls at house. It's a very visual experience. So uh, once again, episode 200, now that we have our special guest, has chimed in in his 2018 in review. I would like to talk about Venom. Now, I have talked about Venom on Collider. I've talked about Venom on my own interviews. I've talked about Venom in spoiler-free ways. This is the first chance I've gotten to really dive into it. Uh, But I'm going to let everyone around me chime in first because I loved it and that is the minority opinion so starting with amy what did you think of venom yeah well actually kind of right there with you yeah (laughs) here's the thing i i think even just the days leading up to it everyone and their mother was like nah i just don't like it Ah." and so i was kind of scared so i went in and i was like okay let's just have fun um and and we did um i did (laughs) So, yeah, it was really cool. I think certain parts surprised me, and when I found myself laughing, I was like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think the rest of it is pretty... They do a good job introducing the character to people that are not super familiar with Venom. Agreed. So, yeah, they have Oh, and uh, spoiler uh, review, a warning just in case, because I know we're going to go dive deep, so just to anyone that hasn't seen it yet, whatever indication (laughs) I can give you with my weird hands, uh, spoiler hands. (laughs) So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, I just, I didn't want someone tweeting us later when I didn't say it enough times. And, you know, there are people that have not seen it, so, um, still spoiler, well... Let's just go into it, I guess, yes, a little let's. bit. Um, yeah, the lobster thing was disgusting. I love that so scene. That was when I was in. Gross. 
I mean, yeah, okay, he was very dedicated, and I appreciated that, but I was kind of, like, taken aback, but in a good way, because when a, when a movie does that to you, you're like, okay, all right, what else you got? Um, and, yeah, I think, I know some people were talking about Michelle Williams not being used as much as she should have been. Like, I get it, but I think that what they did with her was okay. Um, I like that. I also, um really enjoyed Venom. Like, I enjoyed, like, the voice of Venom. I enjoyed the interaction between him and Eddie Brock, and I think that it was funny. I was not expecting how funny it was gonna be. Um, yeah, I think they did a really good job, especially that one, he's the first volunteer to have the, you know, like, the Venom. Mm -hmm. He, when he just, like, died, it was so... It sounds bad. It was so beautiful. Like, he was just, like... It, it was artistic. Yeah, it was, it was, it was contortionist actor. It was good work. Yeah, and I think from then on, I was like, wow, this mm -hmm. is going to be really good, and I don't care what other people have to say. Don't bring <laughs> me down. You can have your opinion, and that's okay, but I'm going to be positive and really enjoy this, and I had a blast. I was very surprised. A great first review. I have many of the same, <laughs> same thoughts, but before we get to those, Sir Darren, what did you think? Yeah, see, I guess I'm going to be the bummer right here. I bring it, man. <laughs> hey, 89% of the internet apparently is on your side. <laughs> Oh, and I get music too. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, 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 I think one, I, I had the benefit of your little Insta review beforehand to kind of let us know that look, this is not what it was advertised. This was a mm -hmm. different film. This yeah. was a little bit different. And to me, that helped a lot because I think how you're going to feel about this film really depends on what you were expecting going into it. Mm -hmm. They advertised. A, a different film than sort of what it ended up being. You know, it ended up being. It was very much a Tom Hardy film. Right. He made that. All of the best parts were Tom Hardy. And when we got into into the Eddie Brock and the Venom relationship and everything like that, that was all beautifully well done. In some ways, though, to me, it felt like there were almost two different films going on at the same time. At least, yeah. <laughs> uh, you had, you know, um, uh, Riza Ahmed. Just he. He was like in one film, and that whole area was. And then once it got to Venom, once we we got that that what halfway through the film when yeah. when that all sort of shifted over, then there was like a full tonal shift. It felt like that was what I wanted to watch. Whenever it drifted away from them, I was like, uh, this sort of feels like a mid two thousands superhero movie. Whereas, you know, with 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 Hardy and Venom, it's like they were doing something different. I mm -hmm. think. Uh, to me, one of the, the, the purest examples of that is uh, something that Tom Hardy had said afterwards, talking about someone had asked him what was his favorite scenes to shoot in the film. And he was like, they didn't end up in the movie. Yeah. No, I saw that interview, the 40 minutes that he said. But he also came back and said that a lot of that was improv oh, and like what the Well, yeah, exactly. And that's understandable. But to me, that sort of set the shift is it seemed that he was there in with the film. He right. knew exactly what was going on, almost like we had uh, with Ryan Reynolds doing um, Deadpool and right. such as... He was an actor that really knew, really understood the film, understood the characters, knew what they were going with it. Uh, and many of the other people just, they were doing what they thought was a different type of film. So yeah. to me, that there was a little bit of, of, of dichotomy with that. It a little sort of threw things off. But like I said, otherwise, I enjoyed the film and I was able to, to, to get into it. But I also had that different expectation of going, <laughs> this wasn't what was advertised. Yeah. This is a lot more. Uh, yeah, Michelle Williams... Yeah, I wish they could have done more with her. Uh, she did feel kind of a little extra. Uh, in fact, I mean, part of it was like, if she wasn't even in the movie, would it make that much of a difference? You know, which you never want to see with an actor. I mean, especially yeah. someone, they've got people of great caliber. Her, uh, Reza Ahmed, they were, you know, they're amazing actors. 
I just don't think that they were necessarily in sync with what the rest of the story that was being told. And many critics agree with you, and I agree with you uh, in points, absolutely. It was it was a series of movies, and I definitely think some of the script came from the Spider-Man 3 era Venom script. Yeah. Uh, but for me, once I... So my spoiler full review, I really appreciated that it felt like not a Marvel film. What a shocking thing to say on this stage. I love that we get different studios giving different types of movies. I liked that it felt like a 90s and 2000s superhero movie. I liked that Sony made a movie that made enough money that we're going to get more of them. The live chat is going to lose its beep here in a second because all of them are saying, like, now they're going to kidnap Craven. No, they own Craven. Now they're going to do this without Spider-Man. Yeah, because they own the rights. That, to me, that means we get more superhero movies a year. There will never be enough money at Disney and Marvel to do a movie a month because then it's eating its own profits. You never put a movie from the same studio against itself too closely because it eats its own profits. I don't want Marvel to own everything because then we get half the movies. So I like that Venom did well, and I like that it wasn't a Marvel film. I appreciated the fact that it took it was a slow start. I would shop that first half hour to ten minutes. But once it got going, it took chances that Marvel might not have. It was a weirder comedy than they would have done. It was like a gonzo journalism experience. It was definitely like... It was a, a, a... Tom Hardy got to play more than I feel like he would have if they were worried about the world building that if it was setting up other movies. It's setting up the Venom universe, and it was only about Venom. I liked that the comedy never adhered to any other style. I liked that it wasn't a... It was advertised as a sci-fi thriller to sell tickets, and then once the movie started, it was a body horror comedy. That was way more exciting to me than a sci-fi thriller, because we've had a lot of those. If you want an R-rated Venom movie, watch Upgrade. It's fantastic. Oh if you gosh. want a PG-13 weird comedy, Venom is weird! I just tweeted a, a, an image from uh, the anime series of Venom like driving and honking his car to get Spider-Man's attention. That's the character. He also used to like kill people, make jokes about how good the joke was he made while killing them to himself while swinging away. Venom is as weird comedy as the movie was. That's the exact Venom I didn't expect and apparently that's the one I wanted because about an hour into the film I was like, oh I never knew this is the movie I needed. And as much as I love movies that build, I also love movies that you can just throw on. I will be watching Venom with a beer in my hand on a Friday night before I'll be weeping into Infinity War. I love Infinity War, but I have to, like, fortify. Like, I have to prepare. <laughs> and, like, that's something that's a special thing. So, it's like when you want a, a pound of cookie dough to the face, or when you want an ornate cake. Sometimes an ornate cake is required for weddings. Sometimes you want to have a, a 40 and a pound of cookie dough. And this was a 40 and a pound of cookie dough. And I really liked it. There's actually no spoilers in that review I just gave. But <laughs> I really liked that it took chances. I liked that it was weird. I liked that it felt like a 90s buddy cop movie. It was, like, Riggs was Tom Hardy and and Murtaugh was Venom, and like that was great to me. So I dug it, and I'm very sorry that a lot of people didn't. And uh, let's see, what we got yeah, no, they they don't all agree. Okay, with the positivity, <laughs> and that's fine. That's why okay. different strokes for different that, folks. Exactly, and I think I I know that this has been kind of a conversation of okay, so if Sony does feel the liberty liberties to start making more movies. People, some people prefer for them to make a certain kind of movie Mm -hmm. instead of like what Venom was. And I'm coming from the perspective of like, I want more people to fall in love with comics this way. Yeah. And I think that's just the main difference of opinion. Every comic has a different writer. Every comic run has a different tone. All of those things are like the diversity of comics. And that's what Venom was for me. I, I get the quality over quantity that a lot of people are saying, but... I would rather have not just the quality that someone thinks is quality. I'd rather, like, be able to to laugh and enjoy than necessarily build higher stakes. Like, yeah. the Fast and the Furious movies are a 
lifesaver to me. And there's a scene where The Rock pushes a missile on ice while someone's driving a Lamborghini in Antarctica. <laughs> That's not quality to some, but it's quality to me and it's entertaining. So I want that disparity of films. If everything's linked to one thing and everything is one style of film, then we never get the chance. If I love Runaways and Cloak and Dagger, but I also love Daredevil, those shows cannot go together. That would never be the same quality. Some people think pacing issues. Some people enjoy it. There's different stuff. I could not get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. To me, that's not the thing that I enjoy. So I just don't think it's fair to judge something as a universality when literally art is described as subjective. So to me, this art was glorious and weird and I dug it. So uh, I love that there's a conversation. I love that Sony now made enough money that they can continue this conversation. And I also want to know, as a fan, what do you think, man? Uh, well, I, I kind of had the same opinion as you, where, like, the movie geek in me was like, this is objectively not a very well-made movie. But at the same time, I was like, I am having so much fun watching it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that lobster scene was great when he's sitting there and he's, like, picking everything out of the trash. Yeah. Like, trying to figure out what he can eat and not get sick. I was like, this is brilliant. Pussy. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then the scene where, where Venom is sitting there telling him, like, on our planet, we are a bit of a loser, yeah. too. Like, <laughs> it was so tone perfect mm-hmm. um, that I'm... It actually makes me more optimistic for what Sony's going to do in the future with Morbius and casting Jared Leto and Craven the Hunter. Um, and if I can give a little bit of an unpopular opinion, sure. I think, uh, like, I know that they talked about having Spider-Man in the Craven the Hunter movie. I think they should get away from that. Like, I like the idea of a Spider-Man kind of being central to this whole universe. But I think I don't think it should be Spider Man. I think it should be Spider Gwen and cast Saoirse Ronan to play her. I mean, I'm like, all about a Spider Gwen movie, man. Any like, day of the week. Yeah. yeah, like that. That way, you're really differentiating yourself and separating yourself from the rest of the Marvel movies. Like, yeah. don't don't do Spider Man. Have Peter Parker the one that died. Keep. Gwen Stacy as your spider person. I think there's, there's infinite options, and that's what's fun about Craven, and that's what's fun about Sony mm-hmm. doing this, is they don't have to tie it into Marvel, they don't mm-hmm. have to world build, they can have fun, and they also, they can do six movies, and then have Sinister Six be all these characters having origins separately without Spider-Man, yeah. they can all have a need against Spider-Man, They're, there's all these things they can do, and uh, a bunch of people are disagreeing is why the internet's fun. So I, I agree with your disagreements and I agree that quality and quantity, all the, all the, all the buzzwords that are being said, I have said about other things. And I, I think you can have quality and quantity, but I think that quality is subjective was my point. Uh, so I really appreciate that everyone has their take. And I also love that it's a conversation. Like, uh, this was a movie that two years ago, I was like, I'm going to be the guy that defends venom. And I didn't know how far that would go. Uh, so here, now it's my cross to bear. I'll, this is a movie I know for the next 10 years. I'll be like, remember that time everyone thought I had good taste and then I had to defend Venom. Looking at you, yeah. Internet, I'm coming for you. Uh, did you have something else for me? Uh, I was just going to say, can we talk about the, the end credits? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sequence? Yeah, we're doing what, spoilers. What, what do you, I, think it, I think it was on this show. I think you were the one that predicted when they cast Woody Harrelson yeah. that he would be Carnage. It, and it was I, I was a little iffy when I first heard <laughs> that, and I don't know about that wig. But, you don't like Carrot Top Harrelson? <laughs> oh, but, oh, Oh, I mean, his dad is is a real serial killer. Like the it, his Woody Harrelson story is insane. Woody Harrelson has survived some of the most traumatic stuff and come out a great person. So mm-hmm. first of all, Woody Harrelson, you're great. Uh, but also, like he and, he plays those sociopaths so well that yeah. I when they cast him, I was like, it'd be a waste to put him anywhere else except for maybe as Jonah. Like I'd either mm-hmm. have him as Jonah or Carnage. So I really liked that at the end. Not only was it a PG thirteen movie, and then you see Carnage writing in blood, yeah. and it felt direct. Like that's yeah. Carnage. 
But it gives us the opportunity to play with tone and do all this other stuff. Scott Welsh, Dim Venom Boys. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we have potential there. Yeah. As, as, as soon as I saw the word San Quentin, yeah. here, I stood up and applauded. I was like, I know exactly where this is going, and yes. What a great post-credit. What a great fun, like, button. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you guys think of the, the last moment? Oh, no, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was... I mean, you're right. Woody Harrelson is amazing as a crazy person. I want to see him do that so much more. So I was very excited. And yeah, the moment that you had said, "Oh, he's gonna be, he's he's gonna be Carnage," it's gotta be. It was like that was that was all that I could see. So yeah, when you see Sen Quentin, when you see him, you're just like, "This is where we're going. This is the sequel." <laughs> yeah. And of course, at that point, that's when the tonality to me had all worked and shifted. They 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 had shifted all that. That's what I want them to lean into. Mm-hmm. The stuff that worked. And now they can. And all that. And they can. They can get rid of all of the... And that's what it felt like. Like, we have to do a little bit of standard studio, you know, Mm -hmm. ABC superhero film. Once they they get into that, that different tone, once they get into that craziness, that's what they can lean into. And since that's what they're getting all the positive feedback on... To me, yeah. For the sequel, good. Cast all that other stuff aside that didn't work. Lean into that he's, because that was so much fun. He's already Venom. It's already weird. You exactly. can like, just stay. You don't have to do the setup again. So I think Venom 2, because of how weird Venom 1 was, has a lot of potential. And maybe maybe I enjoyed it so much because of that optimism. Maybe I, I left the theater going like, now I'm ready for more. Mm-hmm. And like that, to me, is how I should leave a movie if it's yeah. a, a world-building movie. Yeah. And lean into that weirdness, that tonality shift. Yeah, it doesn't have to be your standard Marvel film. Do something different. And they did do something different. And the different is what worked right and that's my what was exciting no 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 I, I, I completely agree that's what was exciting it was the the standard stuff that wasn't worth it didn't seem like anybody was that interested in right doing. yeah michelle williams being like we're boyfriend and girlfriend i'm like michelle great <sighs> but then again michelle williams is the only actress talented enough to deliver i'm sorry about venom Believably, she said, I'm sorry about Venom like it was his dog and made that line sing like you have to be an Oscar winner to say some of the dialogue in these movies. So like it's they wasted Michelle Williams at points, but also at other points, like she's the only one that could have made that. That's true. That's true. Michelle Williams like thespian hat was used. Um, So uh, we had a lot of other news, but I wanted to to Venom spoiler. Uh, I am sorry to any fans I lost today in defending Venom. There will be many more of you joining in the ranks of my Twitter arguments. Uh, But in the meantime, we need to talk about another Venom piece of glory, and that is. Eminem did a Venom song, and there's a music video for it, which surprised me because I did not expect a budgeted music video to go for that. But even more surprisingly, you may remember about a week ago, there was reports at the Empire State Building, and everybody was like, what's going on? There's this insanity at the Empire State Building, and they were doing a light test that was disturbing tons of New Yorkers. We now know what that light test was for, and it is an even bigger budgeted video, and it is Eminem went on Jimmy Kimmel to perform Venom on top of the Empire state building and i just want to repeat that sentence eminem venom song top of empire state building jimmy kimmel 2018 is weird check this out in a minute (laughs) (laughs) dramatic pause (laughs) so we can skip ahead to like two minutes just just a random moment in the video because it's all weird for eight minutes this is the top of the like this is where King Kong ate Feyre. <laughs> like, this is a weird place to be. And, like, this proves he's the GOAT to me. Like, oh, that's... What? Yeah. The song's not even that great, but this all works for me. Yeah, that. What a weird choice. <sighs> I love it. I love it. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this this Venom uh, situation has escalated. It made all the money. It had enough money to rent the Empire State Building outside. <laughs> and I love the Kamikaze album. This is perhaps my least favorite track on it, but I'm loving it more and more because of how weird it's getting. Um, and catchy. And it's weirdly oh, catchy. Yeah. I have Venom stuck in my head all the time. <laughs> uh, and also, like, I, I want to point out that... We're living, and I say this often, but this is episode 200, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand on my soapbox. Uh, we're living in an age where there is on, like, CNN and major news sources, the Flash movie has been delayed, or we have a Venom movie breaking records, or you can tune in to, to Cloak and Dagger on this season, and then this on this season. No matter what, at the end of the day, whether you disagree with the quality of something or the quantity of something, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to be appreciative for. Any viewer over 20 remembers when we were reading Wizard Magazine as a hopes and dreams rag. It was not a thing that was real. Now we're living in an age where you can say Oscar nominee Tom Hardy, Venom, with a song by Oscar winner Eminem, Jimmy Kimmel, and that all works. So I just, I, I gotta say as optimistic as I am, as I am, it comes from a place of appreciating how much we have. Like, gratitude is so important. If you meditate or don't, if you're spiritual or woke or however you feel about LA bullshit, being appreciative and having gratitude is the most important thing you can do for your life, and I am so appreciative, not just to this this content, but to you guys, because you're here supporting this, which means more of it exists, and you're here watching us talk about it, which means we can do this, and I just think that, like, without this amazing synchronicity, without this symbiosis, we'd all be lost. So thank you all very much, and, and I just appreciate this content and this level of crazy being out there. And speaking of appreciating content, we have a live read. We do. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so we want to talk to you guys about something that we've talked about in the past, and it's Loot Crate. So Loot Crate, there are a monthly subscription box that is delivered straight to your door with exclusive pop culture collectibles, apparel, and gear. So they do all the designs themselves, which is super cool, and you can really, like, nerd out and fangirl. Um, so they have multiple different, like, different kinds of Loot Crates that you can get. So they really appeal to all kinds of nerds everywhere, like DC nerds, Marvel nerds, Blizzard nerds, Harry Potter nerds, hashtag Potterheads, oh my gosh, Nickelodeon, WWE, Fallout, everything. So, um, and you can also always get a t-shirt. It's guaranteed in every single Loot Crate box, which is very exciting. Um, so all you need to do is you need, so here's the thing though, they do sell out because they're super popular, so you need to make sure that you get yours before they do. So, all you need to do is subscribe right now by going to lootcrate.com slash News. That's us. Hey. And then you just enter the code MarvelMovieNews. That's us. Hey. <laughs> um, to save an exclusive 30% off your subscription box. So, again, go to lootcrate.com slash News and enter our code MarvelMovieNews. And then you'll save 30% off. Heard of those guys. Uh, so we also have to talk about the other news besides just reviews. Did you guys have anything you wanted to say about Venom? Um, can I just say, like, yeah, Venom's kind of a divisive movie, but the one of the few beautiful things remaining about America is we can all have our own opinions. And please don't poop on anybody for theirs. Yeah, I agree. Like, you can poop like, on the thing, but not on the opinion. Yeah, it's an like, opinion. I, I know yeah. people that dislike it. I know people that like it, and they argue over it, and it's like, why? Just enjoy what you enjoy. If you don't enjoy Venom, there is something else for you. Yeah. Cookie dough cake metaphor, man. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Very good. All right, so we are going to move on to Black Panther news. It's official. It was assumed for a very long time, but now we can say it with all definitiveness. Ryan Coogler is writing and directing 
Black Panther 2, as it should be. I am so glad that happened. Uh, the movie made $1.3 billion, so you know that dude got some money in that sequel contract. I'm so glad he didn't sign on for three films, because if he had, he wouldn't have made that money. I'm proud of him. I'm stoked for him. I'm happy for everything about this setup. Uh, basically, that movie made all the money, so he had a lot of ground to stand on, and that means we'll probably get a lot more creative freedom in the sequel. Mm -hmm. The first one was a very, very bold world-building exercise and all those things, and it didn't seem like there was a lot of studio meddling, because a lot of times studios do that, but Marvel's really good about not. Now, I can't imagine how much leash they're going to have. Like, this movie can be bigger, bolder, crazier, and Ryan Coogler has a lot of, of ground to run with, because, hey, he kind of proved it. So, I'm really excited about not just the, the officiality of it, but the idea that this just got signed. When I heard it just happened, I was way more excited because that means there was a year of negotiations, which means he gets to make the movie he wants. And if you haven't seen Creed, stop watching right now. Go watch Creed. If you haven't seen Fruitvale Station, finish watching, then go watch Fruitvale Station. <laughs> like, his resume is insane. He's done three for three. He's incredible. I love Ryan Coogler. I love this cast. Um, he's working on his next directorial, de uh, not debut, his next directorial effort, which is Wrong Answer, which will, of course, star Michael B. Jordan. Yes! His lucky charm. He's in everything he's done. They do amazing work together. Uh, it looks like we'll be getting it in probably 2021 because they'll be starting it in late 2019, maybe 2020. So it's going to have to be patient. Plus, he's dead. So we'll have to see how that goes. Black Panther is dead. So what do you guys think about the Ryan Coogler knowledge? <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I love Ryan Coogler. So, um, yeah, I also saw Fruitvale Station mm -hmm. and Creed, and I'm super pumped for Creed 2, even though I know he's not directing. Anyway. It's fine, though. I'm very excited. Uh, but, yeah, I think Black Panther, when it came out, it was a whole revolution. So, for us to know that we're still gonna gonna be in that world and nothing's gonna change in the direction we don't want it to makes me very, very happy. And I think that fans, I mean, 99% of the world love Black Panther. And mm -hmm. for that to be, like, continuing on that way, I'm just, ooh, it just makes me so happy. I'm just so giddy. I freaking, I'm pumped. Yeah, and I love the fact that they actually took time, that he took time to make sure that everything right, that everything was looking good, that everything was lining up perfectly for him. Because I love that they are keeping him on. I mean, it's it's very smart to keep Brian Coogler yeah. on to this film. Um, but to allow that same that same vision to mm -hmm. continue forward, that we're not getting any kind of tonal shift like here, yeah. that he can dive even more into it. I know that he had sort of a passion into the story that was being told from an ancestral standpoint of like, look, I want to dive into these ideas. I want to look into these concepts of, you know, in ancient families and, and, and you know, coming across and the effects that that have had. Mm -hmm. um, and now the fact that he gets to go even further into it and, and, and keep that vision going, I just, I think it's excited. I love the fact that they took the time and didn't rush in, was like, it's a hit, great, plug him in, get him starting going. And he's like, yeah. no, this yeah. has to be done right. Uh, I'm going to take the time to do it uh, before we, we, we give a green light, go ahead. And you're right, that, that allows the effects of Black Panther to have played out Settled for him in. to come up and be like, so this is what I'd like to do now. Yep. And you're going to let me do it, aren't you? And at this point, like he, there's a STEM center in Oakland because of Black Panther. There are real world ramifications of the first one. So I'm excited. We have some time to breathe, live in that, mm -hmm. and then have the second one and have it be the right way. So I think this all works out for the best. I really think that like, I wanted the first one to be that Oscar situation. I think that as time evolves, that could be the situation for, Oscars going forward because it really is overdue and Black Panther 1 was like Logan a movie that I thought should really really get attention for it so there is an Oscar campaign going for Black Panther 1 in line with this sequel being 
moved forward quickly. Um, the Disney's for your consideration has both Black Panther and Infinity War listed. Uh, I think they're going to be going for a good set of Oscars, not just your tech Oscars, but also your best pictures, your best actors, your best actress, because the cast of Black Panther and the cast of Infinity War, all 83 of them, uh, there's a lot of love <laughs> in those movies, and they did things that, uh, love superhero movies or not, if you don't, I'm not sure why watching the show, but love them or not, they those two movies took chances, and they were bold films, and they were both films, not movies. Uh, as much as I loved Venom, it was a movie, but like Black Panther and Infinity War were films, and both of those have all of the credibility of a lot of Oscar films, and they also are things you can rewatch, which I don't think gets enough consideration in the Oscars. I think the Oscars is an incredible thing. I think it's got a lot of love. It's very political, though, and I think rewatchability is very important. I've seen a lot of biopics. I've seen a lot of movies that I'll watch once, and a lot of movies that moved me, that made me cry, that I experienced, that I'll only watch once. Yeah. I would like a movie that is also entertaining and rewatchable, along with being brilliant, to get some love even if it doesn't win just just a little love a lot of people don't watch movies unless they have oscar contender ship mm-hmm. which is an word um but this would give the credibility of the genre i think is a bit overdue yeah, yeah. Well, please well also it's just uh opening up people's eyes to know that hey comic book movies comic book films can be amazing and they can be treasured by everyone whether you are little bit of a film snob or not they're very accessible and also just the the fact that it changed so many so many people's perspectives i think i mean halloween's coming up i know there are so many kids out there that are going to be black panther you know that are going to be nakia okoye like and i love that so much it just makes me so happy well and how so many girls i mean my daughter especially got off seeing shuri yeah this is someone who's yeah. science, mm-hmm. totally brilliant, one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. And it has exploded with so many people diving and wanting to know more about that character, mm-hmm. wanting her to get her own spin-off solo movie. Right, you and now she has a comic coming out this week. Exactly. Yes! I mean, that's yes. just, that's that's brilliant. And I'm, and I'm with you with the rewatchability on films. I mean, very often I don't actually watch a lot of the Oscar contender movies mm-hmm. because while they're big, while they're beautiful, they can be boring. They're They're set. You know, there's sort of a, a a genre that you expect to be. This is an Oscar nominated. They serve film. a different purpose. I just think we should expand beyond that purpose. Well, exactly, and I think that that's an important ability that you can still have something that is rewatchable, that is exciting, but also beautifully done, poignantly made with incredible music and costumes that are just. I mean, again, the world that was built for Black Panther right. was just astounding from the ground up, and. That is, you know, that's an Oscar-worthy film right there from many standpoints. It should get the recognition and not simply be pushed away because it's a big tentpole film. Yeah, I would like to see that love start, and the superhero genre can start that movement. Uh, I don't think that MTV Movie Awards should turn into the Oscars or vice versa, but I do think there's a middle ground. Uh, I also think that with Black Panther 2, while we leave the subject of Black Panther, uh, if the deal isn't satisfied with Fox, which it should be, I'd love to see some Atlantis uh, and some, you know, situations there. There. That could definitely be a dueling of individual worlds we get to experience. I would so love good. to see that. But I would also love if the Fox deal, which is supposed to be locked in by January 1, 2019, that's the last rumor I heard, then I think a certain Latvian man who called in earlier would be a good villain for Black Panther 2. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the fact that this is getting moved to 2022 to let certain Fox murders tie into Black Panther in a very big way. And I think that Black Panther being such a big film, the first one made $1.3 billion, What a better way to start bringing in your Fox characters than in Black Panther. I'm just saying. Yeah. So uh, in another giant character's world, Spider-Man is filming 
its last day today. The last day of production on Spider-Man is today, according to the very, very secret prone Tom Holland. Um, so he was on Instagram all over today uh, saying it was the last day of filming, and I hope they approve those messages. So uh, we've also seen a lot of images of the suit, which we're not going to show here because I don't support vultures or paparazzis unless they're vultures from Spider-Man, but that's a different <laughs> Uh, so uh, we do have official news that Michael Giancino, which is I think how you pronounce that name, Giacchino, thank you very much, uh, is doing his third score for the Marvel Universe with Far From Home. He did the uh, Homecoming score and the Doctor Strange score. And fun fact, oh, there's some score behind me. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, Nick Lowe is the editor of both Doctor Strange and Spider-Man in the comics, and now they have the same score, making that little corner of the Mar- Marvel Universe unique as it is in the comics. So I love life imitating art. That wasn't intentional, but it's dope. Uh, and I also think that this, this man builds scope really well. He worked on Ratatouille, Star Trek, Up, Super 8, Mission Impossible, Into Darkness, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, like... Dude makes epicness. So with all the villains that we already know are in this film, plus all the suits, all the scope, this needs that oomph. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that official uh, announcement. What do you guys think about his work? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm an orc dork. So <laughs> I, yeah, unite. Um, I actually spoke with Michael Giacchino Amazing. at the Incredibles 2 premiere and uh, it was fantastic. And so I just, a fun little tidbit for you guys listening and watching as well. Um, I asked him what was the weirdest place he thought of a little tune or, you know, like a melody or something. He said it was in the shower and it was for Up. Aww. Like a little thing. I was like, wow. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So I love his work. I think he's fantastic. And I think that a score really, really helps a film come to life. If sure. you watch a movie silent and watch an action scene, they're very different things. Like oh, yeah. it really shapes the narrative of a movie. Yeah. Also, uh, someone in the live chat asked if Shuri survived when we were on Black Panther. Yes, it was confirmed that Shuri did in fact survive. Uh, what do you think of his work? No, I think it's beautiful. I think he he can set that tone perfectly between something uh, uh, small, something comical, something that's sort of playful, as well as the big, impactful stuff. And you're yeah. right. You need to have a good score to really carry mm-hmm. the film. It sets the emotional tone uh, with, I think, every scene. It really is. It, it's the bridge. It's the tone. Yeah. Um, and you need somebody that is familiar with the character. And, and I like the fact that we do have some commonality little, throughout little parts corner. of the film. Yeah, no, I think that's a beautiful move because again, it's it's one of those things where, from the you know just a regular audience standpoint, you're just appreciating a great score. When you have that little bit of extra, you're like, okay, see this? I can see the connections Details. here. This this mm-hmm. starts to link this together. Now, can we get those two characters together and do something? I know Kevin Feige said he wasn't in it, but I really hope Doctor Strange is in Spider Man. It's nice. not what I'm saying. I'm not even theorizing it, but uh, they are bros in the comics, so I would love that to happen. And speaking of the broad strokes mega world of Avengers. Avengers 4 has wrapped. (laughs) Spider-Man's last day is today. Avengers is already done. It is wrapped. And we got a a very mysterious wrapped (laughs) image of a, uh, I assume, light. Uh, I I don't know what that represents. I do enjoy that Mark Ruffalo went on, I believe it was Conan, Kimmel, Fallon. Kimmel. Kimmel, yeah, because ABC. They own things. Uh, Kimmel, uh, Mark Ruffalo, they were on. Mm -hmm. and Fallon. 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 Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Kimmel gets all the exclusives, but that's when the movie comes out. Fallon gets in between because they're greedy as 
Yeah. Um, so Fallon had uh, Mark Ruffalo on, and he announced the title, but they bleeped it out. Very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, some people on the internet unbleeped it and said he said The Last Avenger, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that 300 people in a live audience would have leaked that by now. So I don't think that's the title, but I do think it's really funny they're leaning into the Mark Ruffalo as a spoiler usage. So when this image dropped, Mark Ruffalo retweeted it saying, oh, I'm the spoiler? This gives away blood. Like, there was this really funny exchange, yeah. and then they they tweeted back, you're still fired, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I love the playfulness. I love the use of Twitter. I love that they lean into the the behind the scenes funny mm-hmm. so the russo brothers tweeted this out that is wrapped but they also talked about chris evans his tweet mm-hmm. saying that when he wrapped he was emotional and all those things he said quote officially wrapped in avengers 4 it was an emotional day to say the least been playing this role for the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera behind the camera and in the audience thank you for the memories eternally grateful of course the internet then went oh cap just said he was dead and then at ace comic-con chris evans said officially quote i should clarify that i know i did tweet something that made a lot of people think that it was in some way a spoiler and i should care- clarify that regardless of how avengers 4 ends i would have tweeted the exact same thing that last day of filming really was a very emotional day it was the culmination of almost 10 years of filming and 22 movies this unbelievable tapestry uh uh, grammar uh you feel a lot more emotions than i think even i thought i'd feel and i felt it was appropriate to show the gratitude i know it had a ripple effect but i'm neither confirming nor denying anything I don't think that tweet would have gone out if it was as, as spoilerific as we assume it is. Mm-hmm. I also think that they don't shoot films in order, so he could have died six months ago when they were filming. Uh, this last day of filming is a very relative term. If Cap goes, I think he does, then this doesn't necessarily confirm that, but I don't think this tweet would have gotten out and been up as long if it was mm-hmm. as big of a spoiler as it sounds. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, he is much too savvy. I mean, the difference between him and Mark Ruffalo and, and Tom Holland, I mean, they lean in, the studio's now leaning into Ruffalo and Holland's He's ability to spoil things. I've heard. He yeah. got the whole script for Avengers 3 and no one else did, yeah. I heard, so like. I, I think he, I think he knows exactly what he's saying. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. And I even thought I'd saw a follow-up that said something along the lines of, you know, if they wanted me back at any point, I would be happy to go back, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is the end for Cap, and I think it would be, I always thought whether or not he dies or so in Infinity War, this is the Marvel Universe. There's there's so many different elements and so many different things coming in. And if they're going to bring in X-Men later on, are they going to be melding different universes? Are they yeah. going to be starting something out? There's always the possibility to bring back. And I think, I think Evans would be... Uh, remiss to just say goodbye Marvel I'm completely done I think the the opportunities they can present him he wants to go on directing I'm sure they would be happy for him to direct something mm-hmm. uh, and to do cameos flashbacks things like that kind of like what he did with Dark World when yeah he did that, that little, amazing cameo oh, Loki I mean, that as was him. so hilarious I, I don't think this is the end of uh, Chris Evans in Marvel I think he just rap shooting and especially yeah exactly and they when they rap they often are emotional and this is over the course of they did these movies back to back practically it's a lot more dense filming and no matter what there is a gap i totally understand that i also think that kang being introduced in avengers 4 i think that happens will mean that you have a lot more time play and i think you also have an opportunity to have those things you're describing because when you start playing with time which we know is a factor and i think it's kang i think that happens i think steve rogers is definitely going to have a factor in the future what do you think about this tweet I think I'm still pretty fragile from Infinity War. <laughs> so anytime that people are like, well, he might die, but this doesn't mean it just stresses me out. Um, I just want 
everyone to be okay. I want everyone to just save each other and everything to be sunshine and rainbows. That's all I want. But it's <laughs> That's not fun. the world. Not as the long world. as it ends in a giant hug with everyone, a giant group hug. <laughs> we and that's, group. that's all and we then, need. You see, there you go. That's why they haven't said Avengers Assemble yet, because when they do, they hug. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Avengers too. They cut right then because it's just a bigger pub. That's Avengers how... hug. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's the title. <laughs> also, uh, live chat while on the subject of Chris Evans' Twitter, uh, Colt Badeau. I completely agree. I don't get political on a lot of shows, but I will say politically that Chris Evans is Captain America on Twitter. I support I most every. Actually, I'm going to say it. I support everything he says, and I am a very big fan of his stances and how he says them and how intelligent he is. And I will get political, but I'll let him be my captain any day of the week. I'll go further than that and say that Captain America wants to be Chris Evans <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, totally agree. Couldn't couldn't put it better. So I do also want to bring back up Sony. We're going to start with Venom and end movies with Venom by saying that Morbius is the next villain. Now, I know things I can't talk about, so I won't, but I will confirm that this movie is moving along. I think you'll find some stuff out sooner than you think, and I think... You'll like the things you hear. Uh, I think that Morbius is going to surprise people. I think it's going to be a great step in the horror direction. I think that Sony is smart to be very quick to follow up a two number one weekends movie. I think that this is a great opportunity for them to have something that isn't necessarily tied to Spider-Man, but is tied to Spider-Man if they want to keep going that direction. I think this arguably makes sense before Kraven because I hear they're doing the Kraven's Last Hunt storyline, mm-hmm. which needs Spider-Man. So I think doing two movies without and then bringing in Spidey, plus it gives Spider-Man time to get a little older. Craven's uh, Last Hunt is very dark for Tom Holland right now. Now, um, so Morbius as the next movie is is confirmed as far as I've heard. Jared Leto is playing Morbius. Um, they are shooting soon, like February. So February 2019, we're going to start on Morbius. I think things are going to be. You'll hear things soon. I really don't want to get in trouble. So uh, I'm very excited about Morbius. And before we move on to TV time, anything about Last Barrage you want to touch on? I, I was trying to <laughs> browse quickly through news. Uh, so much. Yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris Evans is, he is the cap that we need right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier with Venom, like being as enjoyable as it was, that gives me hope that Morbius is going to be better than I had initially thought when they announced it. And Jared Leto can, he's pretty great and everything. I was a little iffy with his Joker, but even that was like, it was an interesting take at the very least. So I think, I think Morbius will be. Good and uh, I don't think Chris Evans is done with Cap. Like I, I didn't read that from that from that uh, tweet. Um, I just uh, like you. I thought he was just like we're done with the movie. Okay, <laughs> gotta go to the next thing. I, I, I think that Marvel's gonna be more than happy to throw some money at him to have him come back. Yeah, he is the heart and soul. So yeah, we have we had lots of to lots of small news, lots of things wrapping, lots of things starting. But in the world of TV. Ah. <laughs> Marvel movie news. We're talking TV time. Just it just warms the cockles. Just just warms the heart. Uh, <laughs> so we are excited about the docket of TV shows, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bogart the TV talk a little bit by saying now that we're after the embargo embargo uh, the embargo on tweets and talks, Daredevil season three is. So good. Uh, Daredevil is my favorite corner of the Netflix universe, and I would almost kind of argue that Daredevil is my favorite long-form media out of Marvel. I think that Netflix shows allow for things the movies don't. I think the budgetary restrictions with street-level heroes is less prohibitive, so in many ways, I think Netflix shows might be better than the movies. I will not start that argument, but 
That said, Daredevil Season 3 might be my favorite of any of the Netflix shows. It lets the characters breathe. They're really believable. The Kingpin-Matt Murdock duality is is even more at the forefront. Uh, the character that you've heard teased is, in fact, in it. I won't say it because in case you haven't read that rumor and spoiler on the internet, he is incredible. They give him a full origin episode. Uh, his origin is brutal. They actually make him stronger thematically than he is in the comics. Uh, there is a moment where you will get to experience him in a way that he hasn't gotten to be in the comics. Uh, also, the relationships with Karen Page and Foggy and Matt reflect the source material more than you expect. This show, top to bottom, visually, thematically, the writing, the acting, is amongst Marvel's top, 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 and it's perfect. I cannot stop watching it. Um, it's, it's expect the best, and you'll still have your ex- like expectations exceeded. You cannot prepare yourself for what's coming Friday. It's so good. I'm so excited. Spoiler free. That's as spoiler so free as I can say. Like, it was so hard not to give anything away. It's real good. Uh, so Daredevil is incredible. And you'll see what that all that vague booking is about once you watch it Friday. Next week, we're going to do a spoiler free. And then the following week, we'll do a spoiler full. But as I've seen a good chunk, I wanted to say your expectations, like clear time this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, let your family know you're busy. Let your work know that you're not going to make it in if you have any work on Saturday or Sunday. You've got stuff to do. Uh, so Daredevil is real good. Now, Things we can talk about. You want to talk about The Gifted? Yeah, The Gifted. So we just had episode three of season two. Um, and we actually, at AfterBuzz, our sister network, yeah, sister network, uh, they do an after show for The Gifted. So you are welcome to check that out. That's on AfterBuzz's sci-fi, my superhero sci-fi fantasy, there you go, channel. <laughs> um, and then also we talked about it a little bit on Marvel TV Weekly, which airs on Sunday nights. Mostly at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Nine. Just kidding. Nine? Ten. Ten. <laughs> ten. Ten p.m. Like, that's Pacific. not my show. I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trying to find the corners of my mind that store this. But, yeah, it's it's actually been pretty good. Um, I I think that they're doing a good job. I don't know if you guys watch the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, okay. sure. I missed the last episode, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, things got a little bit more intense, and we won't go, like, into spoilers, but what did you think? Um, I really like what they can do with The Gifted. I, I like the idea that they're focusing a lot on uh, the family relationships, and I think they're... And, and they've got several different ways of doing that between not only just the Struckers, but now we've got uh, Marcos and uh, um, Polaris having their... with their baby out there. Dawn with, or Aurora. Dawn. Aurora. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um that they're able to dive into that, we get a little bit more of background. I mean, I just I love those dynamics that they can go with. Um, I think sometimes they miss a few great points where they could sort of like the Morlocks last week. Mm-hmm. I don't really again. I don't want to get into too, too many spoilers. I think there was a lot of opportunities that were missed there where they could really have have dove into a little bit more on that. Uh, but I know what truly was her first introduction. I'm kind of hoping things open up a little bit more with that. Um, but I do. I, I, I think the, the storyline, emotionally, they are hitting a lot of those points uh, really right. I'm just hoping they tie a few more mm-hmm. a few more of these little ends a little bit together better. Yeah, yeah. I think any parts that involve Aurora or Dawn or Amy Acker, I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I love them. Yeah. Oh, and I love that Amy Acker is, is her character that Kate is doing a lot more this season. Last season, she mm-hmm. felt like she was just sort of the emotional cry and pull. Ah, uh, uh, but even first episode, they have her have her kick and butt. 
Yeah. Uh, and I love seeing that they're evolving that character, that they're changing, they're using her circumstances and making her grow as a person. And I think those are really those are really exciting moments to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any way caught up, but I want to just generally say The Gifted is a lot more X-Men than some of the X-Men movies. Hey. So I yeah. really I really like that they're doing... X-Men is so long-form friendly that this show... It has some things I don't like, but overall, it's a lot of X-Men things I do. There's themes that, like, the comics touch on that the show can have time to work through. And the family aspect of it really holds that, like, candle for me. The X-Men is a family and that you don't have the X-Men in the show, but you have mutants as a family. And that's really important to me. So I really like that the show has time for that. Well, I think that's really the strength of television over the movies. Like you said, long form wise, they can tell these bigger stories, these longer stories. They can dive into a lot of these beats and moments and really flush them out. Whereas in a film, you're looking for a lot more. You've got to have all that spectacle you got quick story time there's not really a whole lot that you can do within your two hours and to briefly spoiler free talk about daredevil again uh the born again story i don't think would work in a film uh it's too much and born again is glorious in the season and they have so much time that you're invested all the side characters in born again that you have to be the way frank miller writes it's not daredevil story it's it's hell's kitchen story right and i really think that the gifted does that well in that it's not about the X-Men, it's about mutant kind and about mm-hmm. mutant kind versus humanity. And though I'm behind on the show, that really struck me in, in that Fox let the show be that and they're not focusing on too much of, like, the prettiest actor. They're doing the, the show's scope well. And they're letting show the different points of views that they have yeah. versus, you know, not everyone is necessarily a bad guy. It's what they're willing to do to achieve their ends. Right. And I think that that's so much more interesting to watch as opposed to, this is just a villain, this is just a good guy. Even bringing in the Morlocks, they're going to prove, I think, to be maybe a third party that may be good, may be bad, depending because their interests lie in their own certain direction. And their own survival. Exactly. That's all it is. And I think that that's something that they can really tie into a lot um, uh, in through this season. And I'm really yeah. hoping that they expand out. I'm very excited for more Gifted. I am behind. Uh, but what we're all not behind on, mm-hmm. Iron Fist is behind. Oh. Uh, Iron Fist has been canceled after season two. <laughs> it has been left behind. I was a giant proponent of season two. I am a big fan of where the show was going, where where it had come from. I The leap from season one to season two. The showrunner uh, really loved the character and was really, like, the dude was so zen and awesome. Like, he really cared about the world of Iron Fist. And Finn Finn had time to train, mm-hmm. and I really liked that he was so invested. Like, Finn loves this character and this world. So I'm hoping this means we get Heroes for Hire. I'm hoping this means we get Daughters of the Dragon. I'm hoping this isn't the end of Finn Jones as Iron Fist. I'm hoping it's just, if Iron Fist the show can't go on, I hope Iron Fist the character and Finn, and especially the Daughters of the Dragon, get to carry on. I also, like, the, the moment the show was announced, Finn tweeted Immortal over the Iron Fist, which I think is a very beautiful representation of not just the character, but the feeling behind working on a show like that because it's the biggest leap up from season one to season two in Rotten Tomatoes history and it's also the biggest third act moment of the show like not even third act the last five minutes the denouement was Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful like where the show can go and I think those characters as they are left at the end of season two can really breathe somewhere else Mm -hmm. so I hope this isn't the end personally I hope that the Metzner the showrunner gets to work on something similar to this because he man he earned it and I really hope the team behind Iron Fist gets to work in this Marvel corner Uh, I understand why it happened I just hope that this isn't the end for those characters what do you guys Mm -hmm. think? Oh yeah, completely agree. It was the the yeah the sh- the shift change from season one to season two. They're two different shows, and the fact that that yeah, Finn Jones put in the time, he put in the effort in order to really make himself into Danny Rand truly mm-hmm. show to do the fights, and 
adding the mask, adding the hood allowed, I think, for doubles to go in and for you to kind of hide things a little bit more and, yeah. and, and really expand what they were potentially, uh, potentially able to do. Uh, yeah, the change at the end, uh, getting uh, uh, Colleen's evolution on that was just awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah, even those last five minutes of, of him and, and you know, Worn out, out there, like, oh, yeah. I was like, that's the show I wanted. And this like, is what we want. Let's go. Let's go. And we so earned it. <laughs> it's like you finally got to where we really wanted to get to. And then you cancel. So it's like, please, just that's great. Let's do a Let's do a hero yeah. for hire. That's, yeah. that's perfect. I would love. I think Luke Cage and Danny Rand need each other at this point. Oh, I think both shows yeah. can really have a good opportunity to I, team up. I think so. I think it would work. I think it would really take it up to the next level. I think we could see a lot more interesting things from that. I also, I'm just glad that we were able to get a second season because imagine like if we hadn't been able to have gotten this beautiful season because a lot of people did hate the first season. Um, so that's, that's something that makes me happy. It's like we got to this point and now I think instead of going here, it's going to go like this and we're like going to ride the wave. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that is all of the news of TV and film today, but it is our 200th episode, so I wanted to give some extra time to some Merry Marvelites, and a Merry Marvelite sent in a video, a, a full stop motion video of this very occasion for episode 200, so I want to thank the good people or good person, I'm not sure, at Poop Shoot Productions, yeah! which I really, yeah. I really hope also that that is uh, a Jansal Bob Strike back reference. I think it is, <laughs> but I hope so. Okay, so check this out. You Merry Marvelites, and welcome to Marvel Movie News. I'm your host, Koi Sanjo, and with me as always is the lovely Marquis McCarty. Thanks, Koi. How's your face after I shocked it with lightning? So much better. Ready to talk some more Black Panther? Oh no, we're good now. Okay then. Anyway, here for our 200th episode is the return of the Sorcerer Supreme, all the way from the Quantum Realm. Also known as Geek and Sundry. That's <laughs> Oh, uh, hey guys. Good to see you, Matt. Uh, thanks, Marquia. Ready to travel to the multiverse with me? Sure, hold on. Wait, what, what? You're just gonna leave me here to host alone? Don't worry, Koi. You got this. Anyway, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love this music. <laughs> It's quarter to three <laughs> There's no one in the place Chloe, what are you doing? Wait, what? Voices in my head? No, not this time. It's Aunt Anthony in the booth. Oh yeah, you are here. And Amy. She's sitting right next to you. Hey, it's me right here. <laughs> on the couch. Learning comics. Woohoo! my host alone. Post time. Poop Shoot Productions, you wily buggers. Uh, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. And Poop Shoot is in the live chat, so anyone in the live chat, send him a thank you. And also, he said it is, in fact, a Jay and Silent Bob reference, which makes me love it even more, tying in old school and the new school. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, thank you for that lovely video. It made me laugh real loud in public, awkwardly, and there were people looking. Uh, so, it was good stuff to discover. As always, that was the second video. I appreciate your fine work. And now, we want to go through our... 
I posted a Twitter thread of people we wanted to give shout-outs, a little love to, and there's also some of their art. So the, these fine folks, it's not Marvel movie news art, it is Marvel movie art uh, about the whole the whole universe. So if we could scroll through that, Aunt Manthony, I want to give some love. So we got first up, uh, oh, this is Colm. Uh, so Colm is an Irish uh, artist that is incredible. He does insane work. Uh, Mr. Colm Griffin, he does actually the Collider covers. So he did uh, issue 200, 250. He is the coolest dude. When I went to Ireland, he gave me a tour around Dublin. What? Dude is the coolest. Uh, he's incredible. He's an artist. He actually gave me two of his indie books. So if you love indie comics, definitely check his out. He's an incredible human being, someone worth supporting. Hunt him down. Uh, and then we've got a Gamora piece of art, which I am a big fan of. It is so good. I love the sword. I love the detail. Uh, I'm going to open this up on my own screen because that screen is dark. Um, and then what do we got next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Blackbeard has done a lot of work for Marvel Movie News. He is, in fact, still my Twitter banner. Uh, Blackbeard does incredible stuff. I am always very appreciative. This is his Venom work. And then we've got some... <laughs> so this made me laugh because the dude does what I always do, and I tweet really quickly, and I accidentally, like, sound like I can't tweet. Uh, so he said, I draw this. <laughs> and then he then went Drew with a Deadpool smacking his head. So I just, if you can scroll back up. So literally I had this tweet and said, I draw these! Smiley face, and I was like, this is fantastic. So these are um, basically Civil War uh, sketches that are incredible. Like, the attention detail is amazing. He did, like, a three-quarter and then the face-off shot, so that is Archie's Seven one nine two, those are great. And then we also have uh, Beeping Goat twenty two. Uh, we met out at uh, Vegas, if I remember correctly, and he is getting all of these signatures from the entire MCU and his shield. Dead center as it should be is Stan Lee. He has so many of these, and since he saw... Oh, it is in Vegas. He got Evangeline Lilly and Dave Batista recently, but that sword... I mean, that sword. That shield is covered in the glory of the MCU. It is, it is a beautiful thing. That is a great call, man. Then we got Max Russell, who did an episode uh, he's been watching since episode one. That is a Captain Marvel sketch. That is fantastic. Then we've got Colt Badeau himself uh, did an Angela sketch. Now, Colt Badeau runs our social media. Colt Badeau is a fantastic human. He's been around since the beginning. He's also a great artist. So, Colt Badeau, as always, thank you for all that you do. So, that is all of our art. Now, I'm going to quickly run through this and give some shout-out love for the people in the chat. Uh, do you want to give shout-outs while I'm... Wait, we do have... Oh, and of course, Sky yeah. Patterson's! Sky Patterson, we got this today. Uh, Sky Patterson, we have this beautiful sketch of all of the Marvel lights. This is Marvel Movie News and Marvel TV. Do you have that pulled up so you can see it lighter and give off who's who? Uh-huh. I will in just a few seconds. I know I'm on the left. Um, yeah, so that's me. Hello. Yeah, I can, I can run through as, this. Oh, that'd be great. Cool. So it's Amy Cassandra to the left as Tempest, uh, Anthony Becerra, which is myself, as Multiple Man. We have uh, Mercury McCarthy as Storm, of course. We have Christian Blatt from Marvel TV Weekly as Beast. We also have Carrie Lane as Polaris. And then we have Corey Dondrew as Deadpool, <laughs> rightly so. And lastly, we have Zia Anderson as Emma Frost. Yes. beautiful that is marvel movie news and marvel tv sky patterson thank you you do great stuff we always appreciate your work here uh and i'm gonna quickly go through this the the thread real quick uh brian trotter has been a fan for over two years thank you so much for joining us he said looking forward to 200 more thank you brian 
Um, sorry. Uh, we also have, I was laughing again at the, I draw this. This is it's just, I do that so often. I'm always like, why is there no edit function on Twitter? It haunts me because it's like, I know how to conjugate, but I'm typing quickly with my thumbs. Uh, and then we also got AKA Spidey asked a question. Now, AKA Spidey is an incredible account. If you don't follow AKA Spidey, you should. AKA ask, what do you think of Tom Taylor writing a new Spider-Man comic focusing on Spidey and his neighborhood? Tom Taylor is one of the best writers at Marvel right now. Tom Taylor just got off a run of X-23. That was brilliant. It was called All New Wolverine. It made that character sing. It introduced us to Gabby. It introduced us to a talking Wolverine. Tom Taylor wrote some of the best Deadpool outside of a Deadpool book. This All New Wolverine book got me full swing into X-23, and now he's writing X-Men Red. X-Men Red is, I think, the best of the X-Men books. It also brings X-23 over. It feels like classic X-Men. Jean is, is the leader, and she is strong, powerful, and Jean Grey as she should be. The book is great, and now he's writing a Spidey book, and it's a small town Spidey his neighborhood book. He writes comedy well. He writes action well. He writes characters well. I think Tom Taylor taking over Spider-Man is the best news. I am so excited about this, and uh, aka Spidey, I'm glad that you're aware of it, because that is going to be the book we're talking about here all the time. Uh, we also got a video from Ash Arnold, which I will tweet out. It is fantastic, but we're running out of time in the show, but it is very good stuff. It is a montage of all of the MCU greatest hits set to We Will Rock You. So it's like, a, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Nice. So Ash Arnold, a uh, longtime fan. Thank you so much. It's good stuff. Uh, Ricky Hudson is sending general thank yous. Um, he doesn't read a lot, but he's reading comics because of us, and he loves hearing uh, characters he doesn't know about through us. So, Ricky, glad to introduce you to more comic. Glad to introduce you to more characters. We appreciate you. Uh, Justin Gilmore wants to know my favorite episode of The Flash so far. I just finished season one recently-ish. All of season one. It is comic-tastic. It is framed like frames of a comic book. The villains are great. They're really inventive. I love uh, when Reverse Flash gets introduced, like episode nine, somewhere around there. I really like the pacing of the show. It's all good. First season. I, I know people have different opinions two through four, but season one, all of them. Uh, New Geek Haven is the 30th birthday today. Happy birthday, New Geek Haven. Another OG Marvelite fan. Episode 200, SmackDown's 1000, and your 30th birthday. All of that in a day. Congratulations and very happy birthday. We're getting the home stretch. I'm just talking at this point. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, Daniel Drew, absolutely you get a shout out, sir. You are one of the most advantageous comic fans. You send stacks of your pull list is crazy, my friend. Uh, Daniel Drew, always killing it. Also doing blue aprons. Daniel Drew, good people. Uh, da, 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 Aaron Rook, shout out to you. Hello. AJ Fairnot at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, if not for Spider-Man or Deadpool, actually, I'm going to send this to the whole room so that I'm not just talking. If not for Spider-Man or Deadpool, who's your favorite superhero? You guys go first. I'm about to think. So those are my two guys. Crap. Favorite superhero. Uh, no pressure on the spot. Yeah, I have to go with Iron Man. I just, I love the whole, I'm, I'm a big tech guy. I was mm. very much into all of that sort of uh, tech and mech suits and stuff like that. One of the characters that really instantly gravitated towards me. And the, the, the complexity, that he's not just a perfect individual. He's got faults. He's got issues, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I always thought that he was, uh, that, that, that he was uh, an, an awesome character, really, was one of my instant grabs early on. All right. Iron Man, good sir. Uh, it's... I like all of them. Um, <laughs> Can't take my flash answer. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I'd say probably my all-time favorite would be Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, like you were talking about, X-23 is the all-new Wolverine. Was yeah. Absolutely perfect replacement. So. Absolutely. Amy? I honestly, can, can I just say all the ladies? All the ladies. Sure. I'm going to say mm-hmm. all the ladies because it's awesome to see such amazing women doing rock star things. All the single ladies. Um, I would say I X-Men is my third book. Like, I, I grab, I subscribe and always pull every Spider-Man, Deadpool, and X-Men. So the X-Men universe, that corner, I'm a big Gambit fan. I'm a big Wolverine fan. I'm a big Chamber fan. 
I really love Chamber. He's not as beloved. He's a very weird character. I'm a big Chamber guy. Um, I really like that corner of the universe. I like Archangel a lot. Uh, I love Rogue. Uh, Rogue is an incredible oh, character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue just deals with stuff. Rogue. I'm going to say Rogue as, as another choice. And also, uh, the DC side, Batman and Flash are my boys. I love Batman, especially Tom King's Batman right now, and Flash is always great, both Barry and Wally. And can I give a shout-out to X-Men Black? If you're not reading that, it's, oh, the first two issues have been so good. Hell yeah. I haven't read them, actually. And then oh. the last two shout-outs, we've got I Got Nothing at Shield Factor. Ah, Shield Factor, that's funny. And Archie at Archie7192. Thank you all so much for chiming in. This show is for you guys. Definitely want to give you some love. Do you have some shout-outs of your own over there? Yeah. Um, our fan shout-outs for the week are Shane Pickett at DadRad4, Justin Gilmore at Jagliota900, David Kozlov at David Kozlov, Rudy Morales at Ru... R. R. Morales1381, Jenny M. at Jennifer Moore... Why Moyer? Moyer! Hi, I got it. Three. <laughs> Nathan Ramirez at Ramirez Nathan77. Michael Beltran at Mickey Bell. Um, Dalton JW at Dalton. 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 Dalton W. <laughs> I got these guys. It's fine. It's hard how it looks when you're reading fast. It's yeah. so I was like, hard. I was, like, I was, like, I was like formatting. I'm like, I've been talking for 25 minutes. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, of course, the Poop Shoot Pro at the Poop Shoot Pro. Thank you so much for that video. AJ Fairnot, Geek Vibes Nation at Cad Bane 1996, and I got nothing at Shell Factor. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And I want to throw a shout out, out to Aaron Wilkerson, who is another fine cosmic couch sitter, another fine family <laughs> man. Uh, he, uh, he and I trade uh, discussions all the time off of Twitter. Uh, you're an amazing man, uh, a fellow Marvel fan, a fellow Marvel family man. Um, so I got to take this moment to shout out to you, man. Aaron's good people. Yeah. I like Aaron. Ooh, one more. Just yep. for everyone that was super positive in the chat today, thank you for the positivity. We appreciate your support, and keep the comments going down there. Also, uh, Daredevil, I forgot about Daredevil. He's great. There's so many characters I love. Oh, that I God, yeah. yeah. You I put like, me on the spot. I'm like, ah, Because ah, ah. we just talked about it in my brain. Uh, totally left. And yeah. uh, get well soon for Lawrence A. in the live chat who just got out of the hospital. Yes. Uh, feel better, man. And they've been here since episode one from New Zealand. So thank you for oh, 200 episodes okay. of dedication. Um, so, everyone, I appreciate you. Do we have time for these two? Wait, I think we got those two you questions. Did. Yeah. Yes! Okay, good. We got all the questions. We got all the shout-outs. We did the show. So thank you all for joining us for 200 episodes of Marvel Movie News. I cannot believe that is a lot of episodes. Yeah. That is so much for the internet to keep going like that. And it's all thanks to you guys. Uh, we appreciate you. If you guys want to send in more fan art, we will absolutely show them in 201 and 202. We'll keep this hype train going. So uh, this episode snuck up on me. 200 came out of nowhere. It was just a whirlwind. Yeah. But we got to share Venom and Daredevil with you guys, which was amazing. Uh, where can they find you guys on the internet? You guys can find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ, also on AfterBuzz, also here doing other shows on Geek Bomb, on Clever, on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram. You'll find me there. Uh, and you can find me at Darren Jakes. That's at D-A-R-R-I-N-J-A-Q-U-E-S. You can also catch my YouTube channel, uh, which is YouTube uh, slash D-W-J-A-Q-U-E-S, where we do reviews of many Marvel shows, including The Gifted, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Walking Dead, and all sorts of things. So check it out. Good, sir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joshua Never Josh, uh, and also I have a podcast called The Guild at The Guildcast on Twitter, 
where we uh, play Dungeons and Dragons, and we use a system called Money Cook's Cipher System to make uh, comic books for your ears, as we call it. I so. love that. Nice. That's very cool. <laughs> uh, you can find me here and at Collider Heroes every Wednesday, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cloyjandro, C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. And on Instagram, I like to do interviews about stuff that you guys like, so send me suggestions. I love your ideas. And also, you can find me on Arena, which is an app in your phone where I give you guys money for playing trivia. It is a fun game. It is trivia-tastic. And most of all, thank you all for loving comics. Thank you all for loving movies. Thank you all for being positive. That is the only way the world works. If it seems like I'm only positive about this stuff is because there's enough badness in the world. If you turn on any channel but a comic book or movie channel, it's usually some shite. So I am very happy to have a safe haven here with you, and I appreciate you guys. You got, you got us to 200. So thank you all, and we'll see you next week. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.